Crime, homelessness, and illegal immigration are huge problems in the United States, especially in blue cities. The leadership of these cities support laws and policies that kind of support crime and homelessness and drug addiction and all that fun stuff. Let's see how they're doing and if they might be, might be, changing their minds a little bit. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So yesterday I did something bizarre. I actually listened to my own podcast. Yes, it's true. I don't listen to my podcast. I don't like my voice. But Josie never listens to my podcast. So I decided, okay, we're going to listen to the podcast. And I noticed... I really should listen to my podcast a little more often to find out how I'm speaking and things like that. And I find that, yes, I say things and it's not clear and it's not the way I really want to talk. It's not really the way I want to convey what I say. So I've decided, okay, we're going to give it a shot. Now, the problem with the podcast is that I'm, I go as I go. I don't have a script. I basically have my stories written up, I have my ideas, but everything is drop of the hat. So you're hearing what I think, and this is a good and bad thing. It's a good thing, it keeps it more interesting. It's a bad thing in that sometimes all my ideas don't come about. And it's a bad thing in that I use things like us and you know and things like that, or I use and, I have too many run-on sentences. So we're going to see if I can fix that and then hopefully listen to this podcast next week and see if I did better. I don't know. We're going to see. Okay, so let's get to dumbasses of the day. The hardest thing I think is when you come back... Baby. You look at me like I don't want to be in this <laughs> The hardest thing is to come back after three months of not doing any work, not doing any homework, and all of a sudden, you got a lot to make up. Everybody has a lot to catch up from what the, the end of the last year. That is sleepy, creepy Joe Biden on the first day of some public school someplace. Of course, he's with his wife. And he's talking about how, yeah, it's really tough to come back from school, come back to school after taking summer vacation for two and a half months and getting back and getting caught up and everything. Well, here's the problem Joe has. He's been doing that. He has spent the last 23 of 30 days of vacation, uh, 30 days, 23 of the last 30 days on vacation. Now, I thought it was only 21. Well, it turns out it is 23. That includes a 10-day vacation to Delaware, a 7-day vacation to Lake Tahoe, a two, a, two weekends in Delaware, one weekend in at the Grand Canyon, and that entire time, he has not had a press conference. Karen Jean-Pierre has not had a press conference. So you could imagine these guys are going to be just a tad bit rusty in trying to answer questions, especially since in the time that Joe Biden was untouchable, 
uh, we had that fire in Hawaii. We had a uh, we have Hunter Biden details coming out, including one of his Hunter Biden's friends or business associates testifying in Congress and against Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And we've had the anniversary of the Afghanistan debacle. At that entire time, Joe Biden, not seen. At that entire time, Karen Jean-Pierre, unseen. It's like the entire presidency just retired for the month. So, Karen Jean-Pierre goes out there and decides it's time to have a press conference. Good for her, after a month. And she's first. one of the first questions she asks is about the Afghanistan pullout and how messed up it was. And what she thinks about, what she thinks, and the administration thinks, about all of the little girls that were left to sex slavery and to all their rights taken away, they can't go to school, things like that. What she thinks and what the administration thinks about it. Her answer you could imagine, is not in that big book she carries up with her. Here she is. Um, but seriously, what is the message that the administration has for the millions of girls in Afghanistan who can't go to school because the Taliban won't let them? So, look, um, the president has always been very clear about the importance of girls, not just here in America, but globally, um, being able to to, to live freely and be able to go to school and get the education. Um, uh, and so, and we have been very clear in um, laying out uh, our concerns, uh, such as girls' education uh, with the Taliban. We have been consistent with that. We have been very clear of that. And so we also remain laser focused on trying to support and assist the Afghan people without bolstering the Taliban. In other words, she has no answer. She could have saved a minute and just said, I don't know. Because that's essentially what it is. There is no answer for it. That's the reality. She has no answer for it. Neither does Biden, which is probably, wait, I don't think it was a coincidence that Joe Biden took the last month off. I think he took it off because, oh gosh, this is going to be ugly. And he decided, I'm going to take this whole thing off. Don't forget, he knew that Hunter Biden's business associates were going to testify. He knew that, that that's not going away. He knew of the Afghanistan anniversary. And so he probably just decided, you know what, we're just going to sit on the beach. And by the way, this is part of his campaign. I mean, he's if he runs, which I don't think he will... He is going to hide out. This is what he's going to do for the next year before the election next in, before the election in November of 2024. He's going to hide. But it it does get worse. Um, Peter Ducey <laughs> hasn't talked to Karen Jean Pierre, and she even acknowledged that. And he goes in and absolutely wrecks her. This is just ugly. And Peter Ducey. She tries to get out of it. She tries to say, well, I'm not going to answer that. And and then she just starts spitting out the same thing she always... You need to ask them. You need to ask them. You need to ask them. The problem is one of the questions wasn't a question that Hunter Biden couldn't answer. Or in this case, a, or in this case Hunter Biden or the Secret Service or the Justice Department. This is a question for the president 
and she refused the answer and she was just looking for some re some way to get out of this the problem this poor gala has and i know everyone says she's the worst press secretary ever and she is but the reality is she's really caught in a situation she can't she can't answer for there are questions she's being asked like the afghanistan pullout which she had nothing to do with that she has to answer for and there just are no answers so peter Ducey, rex karen john pierre again let's listen the secret service is paying sixteen thousand dollars a month now to stage near hunter biden in malibu who's paying for that that's a question for the secret service okay hunter biden is reportedly selling art to pay for his fifteen thousand eight hundred dollar a month rent in malibu how can you guarantee that people are not going to be buying this art to gain favor with the president that is a question for Hunter Biden and his representatives. It's, it's a I, I know. Of, I hear. Of I hear. At the White House. We know I hear your question. One of the art question. buyers got a job from the Biden administration. Can you guarantee that there is I no hear, quid pro quo? I hear your question. I'm not going to get involved in this. That is a question for Hunter Biden's representatives. So, but we know that uh, from a Hunter Biden associate now that he sold the appearance of access to then Vice President Biden. Are you confident that he has stopped doing that? That is a question for Hunter Biden. If somebody is selling the appearance of access that is, to the White House, that, that is, is a question for the White House. No, that is that is your uh, your I don't know how you're perceiving that. Is my that. Video, <laughs> sworn I, testimony I, by Devin Archer. He said, "I am just not, Peter. I'm just not going to get into this. I'm just not." So. This testimony, since the last time that I was in here, uh, Devin Archer talks about how he and Hunter Biden tried to profit off the Biden brand. What is the Biden brand? I'm not going to get into it from here. I'm not going to get into it from here. We're going to move on. I mean, she's got a really impossible job. She is trying to defend a corrupt old man. Now, don't get me wrong. She's a corrupt woman. But... To sit back and say you're not going to answer. And then she tries to slough it off onto Hunter Biden. Well, the fact of the matter is, selling, if Hunter, Joe Biden is selling influence of the president, yeah, no, that's a, pre, that's a question for the White House. How can you guarantee that the President Biden isn't selling an influence? That is what the question was. So that is a question for the White House. And the other thing that amazes me, how can she not be prepared for that question? She knows Fox News is going to be there. She knows OAN is going to be there. She knows Newsmax is going to be there. Though I think it is only, a, I'm not even sure OAN and Newsmax are allowed in there anymore since uh, the White House has been taking away press passes. And I'm not sure how long Fox News is going to be there before their press pass, pass is pulled. I don't know if the White House has the balls to do that. I'm thinking they do. But these are questions that you can't be surprised are being asked. You should probably have some sort of answer. At least, here's, here's a wild answer. We're not selling influence. That, I mean, answer that. Just say that. Influence is not being peddled at the White House. The president has not peddled. It could be a lie. Matter of fact, probably is a lie. But Karen Jean-Pierre is a press secretary. She's not actually under oath. She can lie. Lots of press secretaries lie. But she can't even do that. Okay, and in her last question, of course, 
This is the typical question everyone asks. How is Joe Biden doing? He's so old. 80% of the people, 70%, excuse me, of the people think that Joe Biden is too old to be president. And she answers the question by not answering the question. Here she goes. A new AP poll asked Americans uh, an open-ended question on their thoughts on the president. And the most common response has to do with his age, uh, how old he is in president history. Does the White House have additional plans to demonstrate that he can continue to you know, do the job at his advanced age and kind of allay some of those concerns? I mean, look, look, I appreciate the question. I get, I get it often, as you know. Um, and... What I would say, and I've said this many times, and many of my colleagues have said this, the president says this, if you watch him, if you've seen what he's done in the last two years, this is a president has had a historic administration in just two years. I love that statement. Oh, if you watch him, we have been watching him. He looks really old. He looks senile. He trips all the time. He fumbles through his words. He sees people that aren't there. He gets lost on stage. Yes, we see him all the time. Speaking of, I mean, fumbling of his words, he he did yesterday. Here he is. You can barely hear him through his mumbling. But here he is talking to the press yesterday. And I can't make heads nor tails of what he actually is saying. Let's listen to president old man here try and get some words out of his addled senile old mind we got we have to understand this is serious i said a little earlier when i came in and sat down i think this is a, a serious potential turning point for the negative as it was when the turning point for the positive when your dad organized that march i really think this is a this is a critical time have no idea what comparison he was trying to make He's talking about race relations, of course, because that's where the Democrats go whenever they seem to be losing, is we're all racist again. But did you understand, a dark, he used big words, that's about all he did, and he just wrapped them all together. He doesn't say anything, he said nothing. That is Kamala Harris level bullcrap that he just said. And so this is what we are seeing all the time. And as far as his historic administration, historic, how? No one answers that. We've got the high, I mean, we do have record inflation. We do have uh, record price growth, record gas uh, prices. We have a record as far as how little oil we have. We do have those records. But are those, is that something you want to tout? I don't think so. Okay, so, you know, it looks like homelessness. Blue cities are just an absolute disaster right now. All of them. San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, New York City, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Chicago. They're all a disaster. All of them are facing huge amounts of crime, huge amounts of homelessness, huge amounts of drug addiction. They're now facing illegal immigration because states that do not, are not sanctuary states, are now sending illegal immigrants to these sanctuary states. Well, some of these mayors are getting tired of it. One of them is San Francisco Mayor 
London Breed. Now, I think even though London Breed still will not release her policies, will not curb the, the policies and the laws, will not prosecute people, she's getting pretty tired of it. And it, I think basically because San Francisco is a small city, and I think San Francisco, all this garbage is beginning to come to her front yard and definitely to the front yards of her, of her, constitu- of her main constituents, the rich constituents. And people are now beginning to complain. So according to the Daily Wire, San Francisco Mayor London Breed joined more than 200 protesters who gathered Wednesday outside a federal courthouse to call for an end to the federal restriction on the city's ability to clear homeless encampments. Quote, it is not humane to let people live in our streets in tents, use drugs. We have found dead bodies. We have found a dead baby in these tents. We have seen people in really awful conditions, and we are not standing for it anymore, Breed said at a rally. Well, let's, let's listen to her outrage. That's only one statement in her comment. Let's listen to all this outrage from the mayor who actually created the environment for this. Let's listen. We micromanage as to how we do it. We are compassionate. We are supportive. We continue to help people. But this is not the way. Anything goes in San Francisco is not the way. We are prepared through our city attorney to do whatever it takes to make sure we are able to do our jobs. It is not humane to let people live on our streets in tents, use drugs. We have found dead bodies. We have found a dead baby in these tents. We have seen people in really awful conditions and we are not standing for it anymore. I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. So the goal here is to make sure that the Court of Appeals understands we want a reversal of this injunction that makes it possible for us to do our jobs. This is the thing that Democrats do. They implement these policies and laws that create the messes that are in San Francisco right now. And then they, they when they see that those policies and laws create just disaster, then they jump to the other side and they say, oh, we are going to fight the man. Now, the, the only good news for her is she was the one that actually implemented the laws, the regulations that said homelessness is not a right or a privilege. And by the way, she's right. You, you don't have a right to be homeless. You don't have a right to build, set up a tent right outside a business and make everybody else's quality of life miserable. That's not a right. You don't get that. Homelessness is homelessness is not a right. You can be arrested for you used to be arrested for homelessness. Okay, she is right there. But she did create the mess that is up there right now. Drugs are all but legal. Crime has all but been legalized in San Francisco. She is one of those people that was for defunding the police. And she was more concerned with be- the police cars being in the multicolor rainbow flag, LGBTQI, poop emoji colors than she was concerned about whether or not the p- criminals were being arrested and prosecuted. She created this mess. 
Now she sees this mess is a bad thing and she's trying to correct it. And I'll give her those props. She is trying to correct it. But you can't sit there and then start demonizing people. In this case, who she's demonizing are the homeless rights activists. Who, by the way, she was partnered with when she started her mayorship. Mayoralship. So, I mean, good for her in trying to do the right thing, but then don't go start demonizing people who may not agree with you. Because 15 minutes ago, you agreed with them and you pushed policies. So, San Francisco, I, and that tells you one thing, how bad San Francisco is right now. Okay, so uh, continue with the article because they're actually talking about what's going on. The protesters demanded an end to the federal judge's order banning San Francisco from cleaning up homeless tent encampments unless the city has enough shelter beds for the, every homeless person. Inside the courthouse, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals heard arguments from the city's attorneys asking the court to throw out the temporary injunction against cleaning encampments. So, essentially, all she's trying to do, she wanted to get rid of homeless encampments. But a judge said, well, you can get rid of homeless encampments, but you better make sure all the homeless people can sleep in a bed. Which is bullshit. I remember a time, if you were homeless, guess what? You weren't required to get them a bed. There were shelters, and hopefully there was room in the shelters. But you, if you were homeless, you had to deal with the police. But no one, but no one cares anymore. I also think one of their one of our big problems is um, why why are so many people homeless? Now it can't be all wealth and equity. I mean, we've always had homeless, and they're always going to be poor people, whether Bernie Sanders believes it or not. They're always going to be poor people. And contrary to what Bernie says with his socialist message, um, you're not going to be creating less poor people with socialism. History shows us that you create more poor people with socialism. So that's the question. Why is this happening? Why are there more homeless today? Why is there more a drug addiction today? I think these are the problem. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. We need to look at what the real problems are. What are causing these problems? And it can't be inequities because we've always had this. It's just suddenly there's a lot more. Why? It's like teen suicide. Why is teen suicide so high? Why is drug addiction so high? Why are there so many more mass killers? Let's find the real reason why and stop blaming things on the outside. We never do that. We never stop. We'll never stop doing that. But that's what we need to figure out is what is the core problem? Well, I think part of the core problem here is that nobody wants to solve the core problem because the so solution to the core problem might be pretty painful it might actually be something that a lot of people don't want to do and i with the democrats we could look at the core problem being lack of patriotism lack of family lack of god we could also see that your family's been basically destroyed. If you just take a look at those top three, you could see a lot of hopelessness there. You could also see the lack of people having self-will. People don't feel fulfilled. 
This is stuff that, you know, we need to look at, but no one wants to. And I, I'm getting tired of finding alternate excuses. In our next story, um, Chicago is an absolute disaster. My wife wants to go to Chicago, and I used to live in Chicago. I have family in Chicago. We could, we don't even have to stay in a hotel in Chicago, and I keep telling her, there is no way in hell we're going to Chicago. Chicago is an absolute mess. It doesn't look like it's going to get any better, and there's no safe place. Well, here's an example of a place that's supposed to be safe. So over the, this is uh, per the post-millennial, a shooting at Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago during the White Sox game on Friday left two, left two women injured and blood in the stands. Police are investigating, and it's clear, it's not clear yet if the gunshots came from in, in the stands or outside the stadium. Well, here's the thing. First off, I can't stand, it's Comiskey Park. That's what the park used to be called. Now it's called Guaranteed Rate Field. Well, I, they deserve to have a shooting inside a stadium called Guaranteed Rate Field. It used to be called Comiskey Park. Now they change. Corporations are taking over everything. And I do want to point out that the post-millennial, and I understand the post-millennial is actually in, I believe it's Australian news outlet, um, they spelled socks S O C K S. No, white socks are spelled S O X. You even are not spell checked when you spell it S O X because the white it's such a common name. It's been like that for 120 years. So come on, guys. If you're going to be a reporter, be a reporter, okay, and get everything right. Now, as far as the police are investigating and they don't know where the shots came from, whether it was inside or outside, not a shock. They're not going to find these guys. And the reason they're not going to find these guys, because a police investigation today means we'll park a car outside the stadium. We'll get these people the ambulance they need, and that'll be about it. Because there is no point in going out there and arresting anybody. They're just going to release them. Neither of these gals died. If they had died, then maybe they'd stay in prison for any uh, jail for a period of time, probably 24 to 48 hours. But Chicago is a mess. They don't prosecute anybody. Continuing with the story, two people were confirmed to be injured, a 42-year-old woman with a gunshot to her leg and a 26-year-old woman with a graze wound to her abdomen. That tells me right off the bat, that's probably happened inside the stadium. Because if someone shot outside the stadium, they're typically shooting in the air, and someone, a bullet that comes down, would typically land on the person. So I'm not sure where these people got shot, if they were in the stands, if they were, there is a grassy knoll area they can sit in, which means they could get a more direct bullet. But it sure sounds like it was inside the stadium. So there's nowhere safe in Chicago. Even stadiums now are not safe. There's nowhere to go. Schools are definitely not safe. The streets are not safe by any stretch of the imagination. And just to give you a little hint on something, Comiskey Field is not exactly in the safest area. So this is all bad. Wrigley Field which is on the north side of Chicago, that is in a very rich neighborhood. It's a very safe stadium, very safe area to go. Comiskey, not so much. 
But now you can't even go to a ball game in Chicago without the expectation of gunshots and getting shot. So Chicago is just an absolute disaster. It is an absolute disaster. They have murder is up 100%. Carjackings are up 104%, things like that. So how does mayor, the new mayor, Chicago mayor, Brandon Johnson, want to handle it? Well, he knows he has a solution for the carjacking problem. So according to the New York Post, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson is facing backlash after filing suit against Kia and Hyundai over claims they manufactured cars that lacked appropriate anti-theft measures, ultimately leading to a surge in car crimes. That includes carjacking. Not sure how that is, but that's fine. Democratic Alderman Raymond Lopez mocked Johnson over the lawsuit on Fox and Friends. By the way, uh, Raymond Lopez is a Democrat. He's just not a crazy Democrat like Brandon Johnson is. Calling to move a, quote, play for, from the socialist handbook, end quote, as crime continues to ravage the streets of the Windy City. Quote, clearly we don't have a crime problem. We have a Kia problem in the city of Chicago, according to Mayor Johnson, Lopez said to Steve Ducey on Monday. Quote, the numbers speak for themselves. 104% increase from last year, 234% increase in vehicle thefts from two years ago, but yet it's the car's fault, end quote. It's the fact that they are so easily taken by criminals who run rampant in the city of Chicago, but we have to hear our mayor say anything, one word, about criminals running rampant in our streets, he continued, and all he does is turn and lambaste the media, lambaste those who try to hold criminals accountable by playing word games. You know what? F Chicago. They went from Lori Lightfoot as the mayor. Lori Lightfoot, who is a communist, basically. She didn't believe in throwing anyone in jail. To Brandon Johnson, whose main political experience is a social studies teacher in a high school, Becoming mayor, he is far worse than Lori Lightfoot is. And he does that. <clears throat> he actually pisses and moans at the media for reporting crime. And asking him, hey, what are you going to do about this? And he says, well, you guys shouldn't call it crime. This is the guy who called a mob during a riot. Just teenagers being teenagers. Yeah, those teenagers being teenagers caused millions of dollars of business uh, damage to businesses in the city of Chicago. Those businesses may or may not open back up. Chicago, which is losing big companies that are needed, like Walmart, like uh, like Walmart, like Rite Aid, like CVS, they're losing those businesses. They're not coming back because they said they can't afford all the crime that is going on. The, the shoplifting is the main reason that they are leaving they are leaving the community. I mean some businesses have said, yeah, no, we've got twenty to thirty percent shoplifting or we lose those profits. But this guy, all he can do, blame the corporations, blame the profits, don't blame the crime. So Chicago gets what it deserves. I don't give a damn about Chicago as far as you voted for this, you get it. I mean this is a group, we played this on a podcast about three, four months ago, where the activists 
were protesting Walmart and CVS for leaving. And Walmart and CVS said, well, okay, well, sorry. We're here to make a profit. Again, we talked about this, you may remember. But we talked about shareholder versus stakeholder capitalism. Brandon Johnson is a pure stakeholder capitalist, which whatever that means, that doesn't really mean anything, which means it's the people in the community that count, not the people that actually, the shareholders that actually invest into the company. You know what the shareholders want? They want a profit. And if they're not going to get a profit, they're going to leave the city. So good job, Brandon Johnson. You really are fixing the problem. And soon, Chicago, I would almost guarantee you, are not going to have Hyundais and Kias in their towns. Affordable cars. Which could be part of the issue. Why isn't he going after Mercedes? Mercedes can be broken into. Why isn't he going after Fords or Chevys? Because they're expensive cars. Hyundais and Kias, they're not so much. Okay, let's take a look at this. Oh, so the sanctuary city thing is not working out too well. You know, the sanctuary cities. These are all the cities that will gladly allow illegal immigration as long as illegal immigration doesn't touch them. That's why cities like New York City, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Illinois, Los Angeles, which I... I find kind of weird because Los Angeles is right next to Mexico. A lot of illegal immigration in Los Angeles well before illegal uh, immigrants were being shipped to Los Angeles from Texas. New York City is having major problem with illegal immigration. They just passed the 100,000 mark of illegal immigrants that are illegal aliens. Excuse me. Let me use the proper legal term. Illegal aliens being sent from Texas to uh, New York City, so they so good job, Greg Abbott, the governor of the governor of Texas. You're doing a good job. You're beginning to these people are beginning to see the problem of illegal immigration, and I think it's only a matter of time before they say, "Hey, we've had enough." Well, Mayor uh, Karen Bass of Los Angeles said hey, we're having kind of a problem here. So according to the Daily Wire, a little over two months, a little over two months ago, the Los Angeles City Council officially voted to become a sanctuary city in the sanctuary state of California. Now, L.A. Mayor Karen Bass is saying that illegal aliens aren't invited into the city of Los Angeles, in stark contrast to her prior statements. Again, F Los Angeles, they voted her in. They get what they deserve. She's a far leftist. She's a communist. She's a, she's an open communist. She does not mince words about it. Bass's newfound opposition comes after Texas Governor Greg Abbott has spent months bussing illegal immigrants into LA. I just I just laugh when I hear this stuff. <laughs> Quote, Los Angeles has not extended an invitation asking for people to come, end quote, Bass told Fox LA anchor Marla Tellis. Quote, this is political. This is a political act, end quote. Well, yeah, it's a political act. And it's a good one. I think this is, this is a fantastic political act. Hey, let's not forget. We have about 220,000 illegal immigrants, illegal aliens crossing the border a month. 
And who's taking it all? Arizona and Texas, because they're the ones that actually border. And California is taking a lot, too, because they border Mexico, too. But Texas doesn't support open borders. Arizona doesn't support open borders. Even their leftist governor is kind of who it, I can't believe she got elected. She's worthless. Even she is saying, hey, this is not a selling point for, for being governor in Arizona. And they're all sending them to these sanctuary cities. They say, no, we need to leave them open. Because before, Abbott was was condemned and villainized because he wanted to close the borders. Now he's being villainized because he's saying, well, we don't, we can't afford these people. And we'll just send them to Cali- we'll send them to California, New York, and Chicago, Illinois. And now these people are beginning to see, oh gosh, hundred thousand people in New York City is just a smidgen of what Texas gets. It's barely five percent of what Texas gets. So continuing, LA Council Member Unesis Hernandez even said point blank that Abbott's actions were motivating factor behind fighting for sanctuary status and one that welcomes all people. Quote, these dangerous actions from far-right, weak-minded politicians who rely on stunts instead of actual leadership are exactly why we're fighting to make L.A. a sanctuary city. L.A. was built by immigrants and it thrives because of immigrants. We will continue to place that values and dignify, place that values and dignifies all human life no matter who they are or where they come from. So it sounds to me that, I got two things. It sounds to me that Greg Abbott should just send more. If if these guys want it, send more. You guys, you value human life and blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is a state that wants to kill babies through abortion up until babies are 30 days old. I mean, 30 days after they've been born. So, yes, they they really do value human life. This is a state that wants to make it that parents don't know when their kids are getting chopped up and given drugs. They don't want your kids to, they don't want the parents to know about it. So, yeah, they really value human life to the point that they will cut off the genitalia of children and sterilize them. So they really do care about human life. But the other thing is, what the leadership, you guys are seriously questioning the leadership of Greg Abbott? The leadership of Greg Abbott has been undermined by President Biden from day one. And this is what Greg Abbott says on a day-to-day basis. He set up, he they didn't want him building a wall. So what did he do? He built his own wall. They said he couldn't do that. Federal court said he couldn't do that. So what did he do? He put shipping containers over the border. They didn't want him doing that, so he put the National Guard on the border. They didn't want him doing that, so now he's got pontoons over over the rivers that the illegals are crossing. And now the government is again suing him to stop him from doing that. He has shown leadership. He's being undermined in every which way. It's Los Angeles, New York City that aren't showing leadership because they want the illegals in, and then when they get the illegals, they don't want them. Yeah, okay. Good deal. So expect Los Angeles to turn into more of a shithole than it already is. And speaking of Los Angeles being more of a shithole than it already is, here here's another story uh, where 
crime is a huge problem in Los Angeles. And again, Los Angeles votes for these far-left communist mayors, and uh, they keep finding excuses as to why this stuff happens. Okay, so according to the post-millennial, Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass claimed on Friday's episode of The Issues Is on Fox 11 Los Angeles that the massive increase in retail theft in the city is because, quote, things like this happen when there are profits to be made. Reforms that people object to have nothing to do with these crimes. During the interview, yeah, that's what it is. So it's the businesses that provide the material, provide the products and services that people want, it's their fault because they're making a profit, which is weird because that's how capitalism works. But she doesn't want that. She wants everything to be free, I guess. And so she excuses crime because it's not free. During the interview, Bass discussed a law enforcement task force that she is supporting that encompasses different agencies to combat retail theft. She noted, quote, just the other day, they made 11 arrests, end quote. Um, yes, but the police are actually saying that, yeah, well, they all were released. They were in jail for two hours. They were given bail and they were released on their own recognizance. So, yeah, they, 11, they arrested 11 people, but those 11 people were right back on the street. And they're probably not even going to see a courtroom. Continuing, quote, there are, there are crimes that are significant. They are felonies. They're not misdemeanors. One of the things that we need to look at, though, rest assured, they are not selling $10,000 purses in poor communities. They are selling those purses online. They are selling those stolen goods online. So in other words, first off, if a business is in a poor neighborhood, it's not selling a $10,000 purse. People are complaining that there are these flash mobs in malls, in Beverly Hills. They're not in poor neighborhoods. Those are not in poor neighborhoods. Nordstrom is not going to build, which is a high-end shopping, shopping complex. They're not going to build a Nordstrom's in the middle of South Central LA. That's not a thing. These people are actually going to the high-end stores and stealing this stuff. And notice she says $10,000. Because $10,000 is a felony. Anything under $9,999 in Los Angeles is not a felony. Matter of fact, $9,999 in California is not a felony. So if you, you steal that much, you'll get popped for a misdemeanor and given a ticket. Not a joke. That's half the problem with San Francisco and the car and the car thefts. People are breaking windows into cars, stealing what's in the cars. It's no question it's less than $10,000. So they do that and then they run away. And if they're caught, they're given tickets. Okay, continuing. Quote, I believe when you have a crime, you have crime like that. All the actors are culpable and need to be dealt with. And so we need to look at the online sales of stolen property because that's what it is, Bass added. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, you guys can't cap you guys don't have enough law enforcement because they're all quitting to catch the criminal while they're stealing 
You're not even trying to catch the criminal while you're stealing. Now you're going to tell us that the cops are going to be cruising eBay looking for $10,000 purses. Yeah. Talk about trying to make crime deterrence more difficult. Yeah, this stuff is this stuff is not going to work out. But hey, Los Angeles, you guys chose this. Continuing. When host Alex Alex, I don't know, Mickelson asked what she says to people who believe that they are there is now more crime due to the lack of consequences for committing them in Los Angeles, Bass responded, quote, Well, they especially focus on that with these retail crime crimes. I think there are a lot of misunderstandings about that. These are felonies, and in some cases, these crimes that do have major, uh, excuse me, these are crimes that do have major consequences. The reforms that people object to have nothing, nothing to do with the crimes. So, (laughs) wait a minute. The reforms are get rid of the police, lower crimes, because it's, it's, call crimes not crimes. For example, jaywalking. We talked about that. These are not considered crimes. They're not even tickets anymore. Release people because of their color of their skin. There is no consequence for crimes in Los Angeles. Just like there's no consequence for crimes in San Francisco. People don't worry about it. Because here's the thing. If I'm arrested and I have to serve six months in jail because I stole a $10,000 handbag, I'll get out of jail and I won't do it again. Or at least I won't get caught. But if you get arrested and two hours later you're back on the street with a ticket that says you need to show up for a court date, who cares? And that's what a lot of people think. So, you know, good for L.A. L.A. is LA is getting what they deserve. I'm sorry, they are. All right, let's take a look here. There's one more. Oh, here it is. So, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper stepped in it and I've been following Alice Cooper for ages I, I kind of liked his music in the 80s when I was listening when I had my heavy metal face but he stepped in it he said something that was completely true but is you're just not allowed to say it so let's go according to the Daily Wire rock legend Alice Cooper lost a brand partnership with a cosmetics company after he slammed the transgender movement in an interview last week Cooper had just signed a brand deal with Vampire Cosmetics. By the way, they spell vampire with a Y, so they spell it wrong. Only a couple weeks ago. But it has since, since been canceled after the rocker spoke out against gender-affirming care. Put that in quotes for minors, according to the New York Post. This is what he said. I'm understanding, I'm understanding that there are cases of transgender, but I'm afraid that it's also a fad. I'm afraid there's... A lot of people claiming to be this just because they want to be that. I find nothing, I find it wrong when you've got a six-year-old kid who has no idea. He just wants to play and you're confusing him. Telling him, quote, yeah, you're a boy, but you could be a girl if you want to be, end quote. I think it's so confusing to, ki- to a kid. It's even confusing to a teenager. You're still trying to find your identity. And yet, here's this going on, saying, yeah, you, but you can be anything you want. You can be a cat if you want to be. I mean, if you identify as a tree, and I'm going to, <coughs> and I'm going, come on, what are we in? A Kurt Vonnegut novel? It's absurd. It's so absurd. That's that it's gone 
it's gone. It's so absurd that it's gone now to the point of absurdity. So vampire cosmetics. Here's here's what I gotta say about this. This is yes, this is cancel culture. It's really bad, right? But here's the thing. Everything he said was correct. I don't have a problem if you think you're a woman and you want to turn yourself into a woman, even though you're a man. I'll never call you a man. You're, I never call you a woman. You're not a woman. You're a man who had his balls cut off and are taking drugs. You're still a man. That doesn't change. Why don't you just wait until the kid, until you're 18 or 23 or 25? In the old days, like Bruce Jenner, he had to actually go through years of psychological therapy before they said, yes, he can become a woman. Because they didn't want him killing himself two weeks after he had the surgery. Today, it's just like, I think I'm a woman. Okay, let's cut off your balls. I mean, that's what they're doing today. So, Vampire Cosmetics released a statement. They said, in the light of recent statements by Alice Cooper, we will no longer be doing a makeup collaboration. We stand with all members of the LGBTQIA plus poop emoji cult and believe, they didn't say that, and believe everyone should have access to health care, end quote. Okay, well, good for them. Here's the thing. Alice Cooper, so what? This is cancel culture, but this is cancel culture you just, Put your hands up and say, so what? Alice Cooper is worth $50 million. Vampire Cosmetics has a stream of less than $5 million. I had to look these up. Who gives a rat's ass? If you're Alex Cooper, that was pocket change they were giving you. They don't have the kind of revenue stream to pay him what he's worth. So, I hope that Alice Cooper doesn't apologize if... My idea with him is correct. He's not going to. He's just going to say, whatever. So I have to buy a medium latte instead of a large latte at Starbucks. He's not going to care. And to be truthful, the reason I think that is because Alice Cooper has said more than once, conservatism has become the counterculture. So I have a feeling, yeah, this is he's not gonna he's not gonna apologize. We'll have to see. I hope he doesn't. I'll lose a ton of respect for him if he does. Okay, I hope you guys have a great day. Uh, God bless you all and love you. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>